Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Rick said we're going to have a break from Revelation. And uh, I was going to preach on the last church, the seventh church, but... The Lord didn't lead me in that direction. He wants me to bring a Christmas message this week and next week, Lord willing, and also up at the Second Baptist Church on Christmas Eve, the carol service at 8 o'clock. So let's read uh, the first book of the New Testament, Matthew, starting from verse 18 to the end of the chapter. The birth of Jesus Christ. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home to be your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you ought to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, again, we're so thankful to be here, that help us to be able to concentrate, not be distracted, which is so easy to do. This message that uh, we have prepared is for each and every one of us here, and all those that are listening. So we uh, pray that we'll be tuned in, and speak to us by your Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. This uh, title of this message is called The Meaning of Advent. The Meaning of Advent. Are you, are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for Christmas? Are you looking forward to receiving some Christmas presents? I know I am. I know I am. But you know we can't always get what we want. You know that? And uh, that reminds me of this, this couple. They were married, this married couple. And... The lady just before Christmas, you know, she's got this old clunker of a car and she really wanted a new car. She wanted her husband to buy a new car. And she told her that, uh, told him that she hinted very strongly. She didn't say she wanted a car, but she hinted very strongly. She said that she wanted something to go from zero to 60 in less than four seconds. So that's a pretty good hint. You think you'd get it. And he may have done, but unfortunately, this husband of hers was a bit of a cheapskate. 
you know, he's a, a, what do you call a tightwad? I think that's an American expression. Tightwad, skin flint, English, skin flint. And uh, he said, yeah, I'll, I'll buy something that goes from zero to 60. So he bought a bathroom scale. So you step on it, you see, and then it goes. <laughs> so, like I said, the title of this message is called The Meaning of Advent. What does it mean? What does Advent mean? It means coming. Coming. One way we anticipate the coming of Jesus at Christmas is by lighting the five, not four, Five Advent candles. Some of you know, but most of you don't. Each candle represents something different. The first one is hope. Hope. Hope is the anticipation of the coming Messiah that reminds us of God's salvation through the birth of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The second candle represents peace, peace. Jesus Christ was foretold as the coming Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 6, familiar verses. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So the, th the second candle represents peace. The third candle, it represents joy. It reminds us of the joy after Mary heard that she was going to give birth to a child. And also the shepherds, uh, when the angel Gabriel came, they were tending their flocks by night. Remember that? And told them that a special child would be born from Mary's womb. Luke chapter 2, 10 through 14. And then the angel said to them, who? Shepherds, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born unto you this day in the city of David, which is Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Also, this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill to all men. So that's what that candle represents, peace. That's the second candle. What about the third one? The third Advent candle, joy. You've heard the first one, the second one, the third one. What about the fourth one? Love. The fourth candle represents love. As the Beatles sang, all you need is love. Amen? That's all we need, but... We need the love of God. That's what we need. And the only way you can receive the love of God is by receiving Jesus. And then you can love God and you can love other people as well. 
the love that God has for each one of us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. And also, you're familiar with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave the greatest gift that anyone can give is Jesus Christ. And he gave his son. For whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The large candle in the middle, the white candle, is called the Christ candle. It's located in the middle because it's normally lit on Christmas Eve and its purpose is to remind us of the birth of the Son of God. He is the central theme of the season. You've heard that saying, Jesus is the reason for the season. He gives light to the world. That's what that represents, the light of Christ. It's about him. Christmas is about Jesus, you know. It's not about Santa Claus or Frosty the Snowman or the reindeer ran over grandma, you know. <laughs> Jesus is the light who came into this sin-sick world in the darkness of our sinful hearts the Bible says that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? He came so that we could receive him into our heart and bring us newness of spiritual life to be born again. So the lighting of the Christ candle, the one in the middle, it also reminds us that Jesus has come and he is alive. He's alive, and now he lives in all those that have received him as their savior. Listen to what Matthew 1, 23 says again. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God became a human being. God's son was born into the world. Little baby. Imagine, you know, Mary holding that little baby, and Joseph as well, holding that little baby, knowing that this was the Christ child. This was the, the Messiah that they'd been waiting for, that Israel had been waiting for, that the world had been waiting for, for so long. This little baby, this little baby, God with us. And he grew up, and he walked amongst sinners, sharing the good news of salvation. You know, there's so much bad news, so much bad news, but there's still the good news. There's still the good news that Jesus saves. Only him and him alone can save us from our sins. That's the whole purpose he came, all right? So we've heard about the first advent, the first coming of Jesus Christ what these Advent candles mean, what they represent. But you know there's going to be a second Advent 
as well. Advent also means the anticipation of the future coming king. The future coming king, Jesus, who the prophets have foretold is going to rule over his people. His one, Jeremiah 33, 14 and 15. And we, we read, Behold, that means listen up in the modern vernacular. Behold, when you hear that, the days are coming. It's not happened yet. Says the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have promised to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. Jesus was from the tribe of Judah. In those days, and at that time, I will cause to grow up to David a branch of righteousness. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. He shall. It's not happened yet. This is a future advent. This has to take place. The second advent. The first advent was on Christmas. Amen? So the hope of Jesus' second advent, it anticipates the reign of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Who's that? Yes, you're right. He is the only one who can and he will bring justice, peace on earth, and goodwill to all men. Only then, during his millennial kingdom, will there be peace on earth. The prophet Isaiah, chapter 11, 1 through 4, he writes this. There shall come, second advent, not happened yet. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. Jesus was in that lineage of Jesse, which is the father of King David. And a branch shall grow out of its roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. What are we talking about? We're talking about the Holy Spirit. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears, but will judge with righteousness. He shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. Jesus' first advent, he came as a savior. Yes, he came as a savior, the first advent. But Jesus' second advent, he will come as the judge. Reminds me of that song, Here Come the Judge. No? No. You remember that one. Let's forget it then. So what we've heard this morning, we've heard numerous scriptures pertaining to the first advent of Christ when Jesus appeared as a humble innocent little baby the only human being who's ever been born without sin and he grew up and he walked amongst men and women performed all forms of miracles to prove he was the messiah 
but they rejected him. Even as a baby, they said there's no room at the inn, no room for Jesus. Like so many today, there's no room for Jesus. He grew up, the age of 33, which we'll be remembering in our communion service. He willingly, no one forced him to do it, he willingly laid down his life on a rugged cross and he shed that sinless, precious blood. He died a criminal's death so you could have your sins completely washed away, completely forgiven. You can stand before God, the righteous judge, innocent, as, just as though you had never sinned because God will see his son in you, the son of righteousness. If only you would believe that. If only you would believe that. It's a matter of faith. Do you? Do you believe that? We've also learned this morning about what the second advent is all about. The future coming of the King of Kings, the Messiah, the Lord of Lords. One day, Jesus will return to establish his kingdom. St. Paul's second letter to young Pastor Timothy. He writes, so he's getting on in years, he knows he's going to die, he's going to leave this world, but he's looking forward to going to heaven and he's looking forward to receiving his reward for his faithful service. Finally, Paul writes, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will give to me on that day and not to me only, but also to all those who love his return. Are you anticipating the return, the second advent of Jesus Christ? That's what we need to focus on. With all this stuff that's, gonna go, that's going on in this world, it's going to get worse, believe me. We need to focus on the Lord's return until he takes us home. Christmas, we know, is a special time, but it's a special time especially for Christians. It's not about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and all that, which is that's all part of it. I've got no problem with that. You know, I used to tell my kids, you know, Santa's coming and we lived in Papua New Guinea in a tribe and we had a tin roof, corrugated tin roof. And the kids would go to bed early and Santa's coming, you know, and I would get this gravel and I would throw it on the roof of the tin roof and, oh, Santa's coming. You know, and we'd, we'd have this wood stove and we'd put out the, uh, the flour and Denise would put my boot on the flour and, oh, and some cookies, you know, I had to take a bite out, one of the cookies, and some milk, you know, for Santa and all that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to disillusion you. But really, Christmas is not about Santa. It's about Jesus. The birth of Jesus. That's what Christmas is about. It's a special time for Christians. Because... If it wasn't for his first advent, 
we would all be lost with no hope in the world, with no hope, with no love, with no peace, with no joy. We've obtained that through his son, that little baby born in that stable with those smelly animals. You know, imagine, no room for him. Go to the stable, give birth in there. That's the only place available. So you can relate to people. He wasn't born in a palace. Where would we be? We'd be lost. And we, we would never know. We would never have a purpose and a meaning to live in this world. And we, we would never know there's a better one waiting for us in the next Because of Jesus' first advent, we look back and be so grateful for his coming the first time that he came. But we can also look forward and anticipate when he comes back again. When he comes back again, he sets up his kingdom where he will rule and he will reign in righteousness. There'll be no crime. He's going to rule with a rod of iron. Ask yourself, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? You can only love him if you know him. When he manifests himself to you by faith, will his second advent, his second coming, will it be a time of rejoicing? For you? Or will it be a time of regret when you stand before the righteous judge? The Old Testament prophet Malachi in 3 2, he asked the question, he asked the question today Who can stand when he appears? And the only way we will be able to stand before the righteous judge, stand before him without sin on the day of Jesus' second advent, is by receiving the Son of Righteousness as our Lord and Savior. Have you done it? Why, 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 why not? Why not? Only Jesus can save you from your the consequences of our sins, the sins that we've committed, the sins that you've committed, that we do commit, that we will commit. Why do we do that? Because we're sinners. Hello? Sin is sin. And we need a saviour. And there's only one. Amen? Amen? It's only by believing faith in what Jesus did the first time on that cross. Look what he endured. The innocent. He was still an innocent lamb of God. And he died a criminal. Why? To secure a home 
for you in heaven. For you personally. And for all those in the whole world that believe. He did it. Now whether you believe it or not, it doesn't alter the fact that he did it. And when he died on that cross, before he passed away, before he breathed his last, he said, it is finished. He was born to die. That's what Christmas is really all about. The whole purpose for Jesus being born in a wooden stable at Christmas was to die on a wooden cross. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Have you accepted it? The report? Have you accepted the truth this morning? Do you believe it? The saying is trustworthy. Trust me when I tell you. And deserving of full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. That was the whole reason he came at Christmas. Jesus was born. He died. He was buried. But thank God, he rose again from the dead. I could... Hallelujah. What a savior. He rose again from the dead so that your sins could be completely washed away and receive eternal life. Life in the Son. We receive eternal life when we receive the Son. Do you believe that? If so, let's thank Jesus for his first advent, the first time he came. And let's also thank Jesus that one day he is coming again. Amen? Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Well, Heavenly Father, we've been reminded and maybe we've heard for the first time the reason what these Advent candles represent. Love, joy, peace, hope. And that you are the light of the world. And I hope and pray that we see the light. You are the light. In heaven there's no darkness at all because you are there. There's not even a shadow. It's glorious because it emits from your glory. Thank you for coming into this world as a little innocent baby. No one forced you to come. You consented to come. Your father sent you and you willingly came. God became a human being in the form of a little baby born in a stable of a Virgin Mary. 
She conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. It wasn't through a human means or human seed. It was divine seed. Because if Jesus would have been born from human seed, he would have had that sin trait running through his veins that polluted, Adamic, corrupted, fallen seed of Adam. And we thank you, dear Lord, that you willingly came. We thank you that you came the first time. We anticipate your return. And help us to remember what Christmas is really all about. And be glad. There may be somebody listening to this message, probably for the first time. Obviously, you've heard about Christmas, but you've never really discovered what the true purpose of it was and why Jesus had to come. He came into the world to save sinners. And the Apostle Paul, who was a godly man, he says, of whom I am chief. We're all sinners and we're all lost and we need a savior. And you're the only one that came and died in our place so we wouldn't have to pay the penalty for our sins. You did that on the cross, suffered and died in our place as our substitute so we wouldn't have to bear the wrath, the holy wrath of God because you're pure eyes to look upon sin and nothing that defiles can ever enter, enter into heaven, a holy heaven where there is no sin, of course not. But once we receive the Son of Righteousness, the Lord Jesus, we call upon his name. Jesus, I believe that you are the Savior that came into this world, that you lived and died for me, that you were buried. And I believe in my heart that you rose again from the dead in order to give me eternal life. Lord, come into my life, come into my heart and save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. And if you believe that and you prayed that, tell somebody and get into a church where they teach and preach the word of God and grow in faith and in the knowledge of the Savior who does save your soul. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. God bless you. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.